Hi, I'm Arlen Walker, and I'm live from Pelham's Wasteland. Today, we're going to have kind of another uh, grab bag all over the place episode. I've got a couple call-ins from Dave Aldridge that I'm going to respond to. Um, I have a little bit of a, a sort of update, an addendum, an appendix almost on my um, the percentile episode. And then I have something that uh, I am pretty excited about as a, a special thing for you guys. I went to last night, I went to the Half Price Books, Half Price Books, uh, a used bookstore um, with cheap books and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, I found a copy of Harnmaster 2nd Edition. Somebody, for those of you who don't know, Harnmaster, um, the Harn stuff, Columbia Games, I think they will give you print copies, but they will only give it to you as, like, loose-leaf paper with three-hole punch printing and so you put it in your own binder because part of the idea is that like you yeah you you have your binder of um of stuff for harn um anyway so i found somebody's old copy and decided that 30 bucks was just fine to spend on uh, a game. I spent a lot more than that yesterday because I bought some other things. And actually, I'm probably going to brag about that, too. Um, some some books coming from Amazon that are pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do a sort of overview flip through of Harn Master. Tell you um, what it's like. Because... I know very little about it, and so it'll be cool to sort of discover about Harn Master with you guys. All right, let's uh, let's get to the episode. So the first thing to do is for me to say that I have, after doing some more research, found a couple more, um, or heard about a couple more D percentile games. So. Um, the call-ins that are coming from Dave Aldridge, he mentions the Palladium games, which apparently... Um, so I was not playing role-playing games in the 90s, um, but apparently they included a, a deep percentile skill system, among other things. Um, so I will I will mention them here, and then there's some other um, older games that I meant missed um for instance within the kind of chaosium line of basic role playing there's an old one called um super world and super world is a superhero rpg that uses um a, a d percentile based rolling system and i know very little about it other than the fact that i saw it on drive through rpg and was like oh that looks interesting and then haven't bought it yet um but there's some other stuff. So similar 
to um, Mithras, there's another of these basically um, RuneQuest, not called RuneQuest anymore games, called Legend. Um, Mongoose Publishing has this game called Legend, which I gather that Mongoose Publishing published two, apparently published two versions of RuneQuest. There's Mongoose RuneQuest 1 and Mongoose RuneQuest 2. Um, and they um, do not own the rights to RuneQuest anymore. And so while you can still find PDFs and, and used copies and all that sort of stuff, they're not printing it anymore. But what they have created is this system called Legend, which is designed to be their version of a, a sort of serial numbers filed off version of all the mechanical stuff from RuneQuest 2. Um, and in particular, that seems really interesting, partly because they've got um, a number of interesting historical supplements. So there's a, a Vikings one and a Pirates, uh, a Vikings of Legend and a Pirates of Legend and a Gladiators of Legend, and a Samurai of Legend, um, which is really cool because I am, excuse me, interested in historical games. Um, but also, it's pretty cool because it's designed to be compatible with some of the old stuff. So I went on to Amazon and decided to order myself a copy of um, Legend as well as the Elric of Melnibone supplement for RuneQuest 2 um, and the Slain supplement for RuneQuest 2. So for those of you who don't know, um, Elric from Michael Moorcock's Elric stories. Slain is from the Slain. I think Slain is only comics. I don't know if there's any other um, Slain stuff, but Slain is really, it's really cool. It's weird. It's kind of sword and sorcery and Celtic myth and just like weird shit going on. And it's very cool. Um, I also, I ordered another thing, which is the Land of Giants expansion for Pendragon 4th Edition, um, which means that my Pendragon 4th Edition collection is growing because I have the core rule, rule book for Pendragon 4th because Pendragon 4th core rules has random character generation built into it um, or as an option, which Pendragon 5th doesn't have, which is like... I don't know why Pendragon 5th doesn't have it. I mean, I, I guess I can see why they don't have it. I can kind of understand from a design perspective. But I really like random character generation. So um, I bought the Pendragon 4th rulebook. And now I'm getting Land of Giants, which is a Beowulf-ish supplement for Pendragon, which is really cool. Um, I gather that it uses some of the same sort of core mechanical stuff. Um, and then obviously Beowulf has some of those similar, um, you know, courtly love isn't really a thing in Beowulf, but um, loyalty to your Lord and your honor, your personal honor and all that sort of stuff is. Anyway, um, so I ordered a couple of things from Amazon yesterday. Um, so I'm excited about those. Um, 
but where was I? The last D-Percentile system I was going to mention is um, Trudvang Chronicles or Trudvang Chronicles, um, which I bought the PDFs on drive-thru and looked at the art. The art is very pretty. Um, it's got a great kind of like dark fairy tale sort of style to it that it's it's not doesn't like take itself overly seriously in some ways there's a little bit of like the the sort of impish dwarfs type thing going on um, as opposed to you know very serious stoic dwarfs um, I know that it is a D percentile D100 based system but I know very little about it beyond that um, I'm probably at some point, assuming that I stick with these D percentile games, maybe I'll do an overview of it for you guys, because that might be cool. Um, but yeah, a couple of D percentile games that I missed. Excuse me. And um, yeah. So those are Further options for those of you who are looking for interesting D percentile games. Hey Arlen, how you doing? It's Dave. I really enjoyed your Star Trek episodes and RuneQuest. It got me thinking, you're talking about the life path system, it got me thinking about the, um, the old FASA Star Trek game which I got hold of. Uh, at one point, and I keep meaning to roll up a character on that. It had an amazingly sort of complex... It was the first experience I had of a life path type character creation. Um, I can still remember the smell of the box set that I had. I think currently it is in my father-in-law's garage after we moved at one point, and I need to, I need to dig it out uh, and discuss it on my show. But yeah, keep it up, Arlen. Hey, Arlen, me again. Catching up with your show. <laughs> Little known fact, I don't actually much like deeper percentile systems. <laughs> um, and I suppose my experience of that was a little bit coloured by playing so much Palladium games. You didn't mention Palladium. It's not really a core. It's not a core D100 thing. It's, it's kind of a, it's such a hodgepodge system. It had a D20 combat system and a D percentile skills system. And oh, from one rule book to the next, bits were cut and pasted, additions were made, things were kept in. But I played Palladium through pretty much the whole of the 90s. Started with TMNT, Heroes Unlimited, Ninjas and Super Spies, Rifts. But it has, to an extent, uh, as I say, prejudiced my perception of, of, of you know, any time when you're rolling D percentile for a skill. So that was Dave Aldridge. Um, not a fan of D percentile systems. Can you believe? Names his podcast D percentile, and apparently he's not a big fan of D percentile systems. Um, I will say, to my mind, one of the great advantages of playing digitally is that, to me, it um, a lot of more complicated systems and kind of crunchier systems when the, you know, the roll 20 character sheet does the work for you, you can um, get away with some of that more complicated stuff. And I think a number of these D percentile systems um, qualify as that, that um, the, 
the kind of crunchier, more complicated stuff to my mind gains a lot from playing digitally because you have it um, all just taken care of by the computer, basically. Um, anyway, but yeah, great to hear from you, Dave. Glad you are listening to and enjoying the podcast. Um, Fastest Star Trek and the various Palladium games are both a little before my time, um, to be honest. But it's cool to hear about them. And I I put, oh, I think I forgot to mention, assuming that Fastest Star Trek is a, a D-Percentile system, I think I forgot to mention it in my addendum. Um, but, oh well, you, you heard Dave, and I'm sure that that was plenty. And um, yeah, that is uh, Dave Aldridge calling in, leaving a message on Live from Pelham's Wasteland. You can do that too. Leave a message on Anchor, Live from Pelham's Wasteland, and have it featured in one of my episodes. All right. Now that we have done a little bit of talking about D-Percentile Systems and uh, had a little bit of a talk with Dave Aldridge, let us look at Harnmaster 2nd Edition. So you can't see it, but this is a this is somebody's binder. Um, it's a binder with loose pages um, that are three-hole punched inside it. It's... Uh, Interesting. So the first page after the Harnmaster 2nd Edition title page is a combat table, which um, I, uh, it looks very complicated. Um, yeah. It, uh, I, I do not know. So, oh, and we've got more combat tables, more combat tables, two copies of the combat table, um, sheet. Welcome to Harnmaster. Harnmaster core rules. What do I have? Do we have bestiary? Holy shit. We do. That's awesome. Harnmaster Core Rules, Harnmaster Magic, Harnmaster Religion, Harnmaster Bestiary, Harnmaster Military. This the books in the Harnmaster Rules system. Um, it's an introduction for players and for GM. Dice conventions. Um, normally, uh, so this uses a lot of different... Um, a lot of dice although I gather that the core kind of skill roll is a, a D100 um, anyway character profile so Harnmaster has no character classes um Attributes, character point system, 
character generation consists in filling out the character profile. So birth attributes. So first off, a D100 table for what species you are. Um, you have a 1% chance of being an elf, a 1% chance of being a dwarf, a 1% chance of being an other, and a 97% chance of being a human. Um, and then you have a random table to determine your character's um, sex or gender. Um, although it says you're welcome to choose. Um, birth date, 1D12 and 1D30, all 12 months, 30 days each month. Sun sign derived from birth date. So there's all of these names. So there's the tree, the wands, the smith, fire dragon, flaming sword, salamander, eagle, pentacle, lantern bearer, mixer, chalice, galley. Um, birthplace. Harn World regional models provide the GM with birthplace generation tables. Um, so not in here. Social culture is based on the birthplace. Um, most players born on Harn are feudal culture. Social class. Um, social class of players is best generated on the PC occupation table. Although if you really wanted to go hardcore, you could have a game where you're almost always a serf and have to run away from the manor. Um, that would be interesting enough. Anyway, um, but social these social classes, it's got different um, percentiles for the different um, cultures of uh, Harn. Okay, family development, sibling rank, which which child you are, and information on your parents on random tables, estrangement, your um, character's popularity in the clan, tribe, or family. A D100 table for the clan head. All right. And here we get to attributes. So, randomly rolled height in inches. Um, frame, which is gets you a derived weight. So, all of the inch heights have a sort of standardized weight in pounds um, was five foot 10 is 70 inches. Ooh, that person at 70 inches is in much better shape than I am. Uh, I think I'm on the, the heavier massive side of five foot 10. Um, but then a frame modifier to give you the weight, basically how much you weigh based on your height and your frame, all of which is random generation. Comeliness, 
um, ugly, plain, average, attractive, or handsome. Physical attractiveness to the same species. Um, elves are um, quite attractive to humans, apparently, which is how you get half-elves, I assume. Strength, 3d6. Um, stamina, 3d6. Dexterity, 3d6. Agility, 3d6. Eyesight, ability to see in daylight. Hearing, ability to sense sound. Smell, and voice. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. All of these are 3d6. Um, anyway. And then there's some interesting stuff. So tribesmen, uncivilized kind of barbarian types, they get bonuses to eyesight, hearing, and smell, which is kind of interesting. Um, so then there's a discussion on one of these sidebars of key attributes, basically which attributes are the most important. So... Um, Medical traits. Huh. That is interesting. Okay, so that was physical attributes. Now we have personality attributes. Intelligence. Aura, will, morality. Hmm. And then there's a random table for mental disorders. Uh, psyche D100 is the uh, mental disorder table. Um, and then there's a table for severity. Um, a table for randomly generating a character's sexuality. The um, deity is a choice based on the um, morality of the um, PC. That's interesting. So every deity has a certain morality range. Um, so the evil gods have low morality ranges and the good gods have high morality ranges and many of the gods are all over the place. Um, piety. 5d6 for piety points is the character standing with the deity. PC occupation. So if you remember, we had the table that was determining the class that it said not to use and to use the PC occupation. Um, this one gives you PC occupations based on the particular um, culture that the PC comes from. And there's a lot of options. So like cleric, clerics being... Um, I assume more like scribes. Um, 
than uh, D&D clerics. Hunter, Forester, Gladiator, Huscarl, Legionnaire, Mercenary, Brigand, Ranger, Viking, Pirate, Yeoman, Mage, Harper, Scald, Merkin, Merchant, Pilot, Seaman, Thief, Weapon Crafter, um, Herald, Knight, Chieftain, etc., um, and the occupation table. So one of the things about this is that it pushes the PCs into a higher um, social class often. So ungilded, gilded, or noble classes um, rather than almost always being serfs if they get randomly generated. Um, anyway, then we have... Occupations, so we have occupations, and then um, what we have is a list of PC occupation skills, and so based on what your occupation is, you um, have certain skills to... Uh, Use. Okay. Oh, and there's another occupation generation table. If you want to have the full class options, um, look at that. Wow. Holy shit. That's a lot of occupation skills. Um, you want to get really into the occupation generation. Um, okay, assignment of skills. Skills are listed on the skill data table. For each character, the following four types of skills are assigned before play begins. Automatic skills, occupational skills, optional skills, and psionic talents. Um, So, automatic skills, skills every character has regardless of background or training. Um, these include climbing and jumping. Occupational skills. And then optional skills, hobbies and self-improvement. Um, <laughs> Recording skills, skill base, and mastery level. Huh, 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 huh. Okay, equipment and funds. The typical character begins play with clothes worn, a knapsack containing their worldly possessions, credentials when appropriate, and a not quite empty money purse or money belt. Most characters would be afoot. Knights would ride a war horse. And then there's a little bit of information about um, what uh, that sort of stuff involves. 
rules for veteran NPCs, um, skill base improvements for veterans, aging, life expectancy, age of degeneration. Oh, look at that. There's all sorts of um, interesting degeneration stuff. Um, there's a point-by system for characters. And yeah, that was the whole character section. So that's like 15 minutes of going over all of the character stuff. And we still don't know how the skill system works. Oh, okay. So the next section is skills. Okay. Next section is skills. Then what do we have after skills? We've got psionics. And then combat. And then physician. And then campaign. And then treasure. Treasure, treasure, treasure. And then a couple pages of bestiary. Mm-hmm. <sighs> ah, wow. Not a whole lot of bestiary, but a little bit of bestiary. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about skills. Skill base and mastery level. Skill-based um, Okay. So Okay. Druin wishes to calculate his dancing skill base. His dexterity is 10, agility is 14, and sunshine is herein. His skill base is determined by adding together dex, agility, agility, and dividing by 3. The result is 12.66, which is rounded to 13. After plus 1 modifier for sunshine herein, his dancing SB is 14. And then we have mastery level, which is how good you actually are. Okay, opening mastery level is a multiple of the skill base, an effective mastery level. <laughs> Minimum and maximum effective mastery level skill index. Um, Specialties. Specialties give you a bonus. Okay, and so then we have a lot of skills. Physical skills, communication skills, combat skills, lore craft skills, and psionic talents. Um, so yeah. 
a whole lot of different skills. There's levels of success and failure. Um, any success role ending with a five or a zero is a critical success. Any failure role ending with a five or a zero is a critical failure. All non-critical results are marginal. Um, marginal failure and marginal success are standard. When a character attempts to use a skill, a D100 is rolled if the role is equal to or less than the EML. The skill has been successfully employed. If the role is greater than the EML, the attempt has failed. Okay, so D percentile system, pretty standard. Excellent. Um, and then we have a discussion of lots of these different um, skills. So we have some penalties to skills and then um, discussion of all of the different skills, skill development, physical skills, acrobatics, climbing, falling, grabbing, dancing, jumping, ledger main, skiing, stealth, swimming, throwing, communication skills. Yeah, a whole bunch of different skills that you might need in a serious medieval world. Um, attribute testing. Um, mental conflict. is a uniform system to regulate all forms of psycho-spiritual conflict. Okay, and here we are on psionics. Psionic talent generation and the use and maintenance of talents in the course of play is done in secret by the GM. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, a little bit of stuff on psionics. And now we are on combat. So I am going to pause the recording here, and then we're going to go over what is in the combat section. So, Harnmaster Combat. Let me just read to you from the book for a little bit. Combat resolution is sometimes, is sometimes elusive struggle to balance playability with realism. Players invest a good deal of time in their characters and ought to resent any combat system that dispatches them with arbitrary random. There are, however, limits in complexity. The Harn Master combat system rewards players with a variety of tactical options and extensive weapon and armor details, but is still highly playable. Still, the perils of mortar combat favor players who know when to fight and when to negotiate or flee. Once you are familiar with the system, it's unlikely you will ever want to return to the three more hit points in your dead variety of combat, um, which is cool. So we have a combat profile based on um, what stuff you have um, on your 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 stats and your equipment and all of that sort of stuff um weapon data table oh look at that 
weapon, what skill it uses, with a whole bunch of different um, options. You have an attack ML and a defense ML. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. A, a big, long weapon table with a lot of um, stuff. And then we have armor types. Look at that. Armor types with zones that the bodies are covered with and then different ratings for the different type of attacks, blunt edge point and fire. Um, excuse me. Fun, fun, fun. Articulated full plate armor does not exist anywhere. Plate is expensive and used mainly for helms and small pieces for spot protection. Only armor worn at the body location struck is relevant. Um, different types of armor are usually worn in overlapping layers, such as surcoat, cloth, over mail, over quilt. The protective values of each layer are added together. Ooh, that's interesting. Okay, combat, we've got movement, we've got engagement zones and reaction zones is what the characters can influence. Combat sequence, combat is resolved in a series of rounds. During each round, each character has a turn in which the character selects and executes one action option. Rest, past, free move, engage, Charge, disengage, rise, grope, melee attack, missile attack, grapple attack, esoteric attack. Do, do, do. Melee attack sequence, attack declaration, defense declaration, skill tests, combat results, injury determination. Okay, so this is is sort of like a lot of other D100 systems in terms of actual um, combat. The injury table. Wounds are identified as minor, serious, grievous, or mortal. They are also rated from 1 to 5, which is their value in injury levels. Thus, an M1 is a minor wound, 1 injury level. A G4 is a grievous wound, 4 injury levels. Injury levels modify any attribute roll and any skill roll with a penalty of 5 per level. Okay. Shock rolls. Um, rules for drama, blood loss, and pain. Missile combat. Do, 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 do. Quick combat systems. 
general armor class, attack factor, defense factor, impact, quick combat resolution. Um, simulates the dynamics of a melee without concern for details that would not be apparent to PCs who are not directly involved. It is only used when one NPC attacks another NPC. Any battle may simultaneously involve PCs, NPCs who are using the normal combat system, and NPCs who are using the quick system. Okay. Initiative testing and morale. A note on bigger fights. Any combat which involves more than 20 or so combatants is unwieldy with the amount of detail permitted by the Harnmaster system. I think that might be an understatement. Um, yeah. Uh, physicians is the next session section. So we've got all sorts of stuff about healing. Um, running a campaign. The year. Routines of play. Weather generation, encounter generation, movement. Mm. Campaign time, movement table, random event table, event generation, transportation for the movement table, random encounters. Urban encounter table, lawful, lawless, day, night. Rural encounter table, lawful, lawless, day, night. Highway encounter, wilderness encounter, maritime encounter, underground encounter. Subtable 1, general activities. Subtable 2, mob crowd activities. Subtable 3, guild. Subtable 4, clerics. Subtable 5, criminal activities. Subtable 6, peasant rural folk. Subtable seven, nobles, personages. Subtable eight, military encounters, officials, adventurers, animal activities, habits, equines, reptiles, fungus, slime, ivashu, um, which are like rock giants and trolls and shit, ethereals. Um, yeah. Treasure. Do, 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 do. Section on treasure and gear and shit. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, regional script and language table. That's interesting. Mystic tomes, armor, weapons. Esoterica, artifact powers, major artifacts. Artifacts have personalities. That's pretty cool. Sort of more, less of plus one swords and more like Stormbringer. That's really cool. Um, I like that a lot. And then we have a section on the bestiary, which has a whole bunch of stats for a whole bunch of different creatures. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24, 28, 32, 36, 
50. 50 creatures on the bestiary table. Um, and then I have a couple of... I have two pages of specific bestiary creatures, and then none of the other creatures are in here. And then we have a GM table. Uh, not GM table, a GM screen in here. So that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, Harnmaster. Um, it seems really interesting. I'd be interesting to see how it plays. It seems like I don't know how much you have to use the Harn world for it, although it seems obviously it's designed for the Harn world. Um, but yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how it plays in terms of simulating a realistic medieval setting. And then I don't know, um, that may have been a bigger selling point when it was first released because there weren't as many. Although I don't know, there's still a lot of more fantasy games than kind of serious medieval games, but yeah, Harnmaster, it's pretty cool. So that was Harnmaster. Um, very cool stuff. Uh, Maybe I will make a character in Harnmaster. That might be fun to do all the the random generation stuff for a character. Um, who knows? We'll see. Um, where was I? Oh, yes. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Have a couple of different books coming. I'm thinking about some other stuff to review overview for the podcast. Um, and then I have a, a, uh, Colin from Colin green, good old spike pit that I think I'm going to end with. Cause I'm pretty sure I haven't used it before. If I have used it before, I apologize, but, um, yeah, it's a really good Colin just about kind of creativity and, uh, the struggles of, of being creative and that sort of stuff. And, um, so yeah, if you enjoyed the episode, hit me up on Twitter at Cows from Powis. Hit me up here on Anchor, live from Helm's Wasteland. I have been Arlen Walker, and I will see you next time. Hi Arlen, it's Spike Pit here. Just listening to your last episode and really struck a chord with me. This idea you were talking about creati- creativity. My big struggle is harnessing that creativity and at the same time managing the incoming stimuli that's all around us. For me to get that little spark of inspiration doesn't take a lot and when like you say there is so much there that in itself can be the battle just finding the things that really strike a chord, finding the best stuff and then using it rather than just stockpiling it great episode and well done sir catch you later